Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Rakuten is proud to present Elizabeth I, the new podcast about Elizabeth Taylor as the original influencer. She was famous for her impeccable style, and Rakuten wants to help you save on the styles you love. Shopping for the perfect holiday party outfit? Rakuten makes it possible with cash back, deals, and coupons. Save money at stores you love. Get started at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N, Rakuten.com. Oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. I think you might be overdoing it, Dad. Oh Christmas tree. When was the last time I overdid anything? And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff. Can't you even tell a good tree from a poor tree? But Christmas trees are so bright and fun and pretty. Now, from the Bob and Cherry Studios, rocking around our studio Christmas tree, it's Bob and Cherry. What a week this is going to be if you are a conspiracy nut, you know, like some of us here are. Because this is the week that more than 15,000 files on the JFK assassination are going to be released. Oh, is that right? clear. Yup. And allegedly, one of the things that's coming out is what they call, quote, smoking gun proof of a CIA operation involving Lee Harvey Oswald. That is coming out in three days. And you know that there are people, these are documents that have been locked away in the National Archives since Kennedy was assassinated. And experts, not just nut jobs like me, experts on this subject say that among those files, you will see that Lee Harvey Oswald and the CIA were um, tied up. And that this was not a random um, crime. What do you that's think gonna about be, that? That's going to be kind of hard to believe. <sighs> I don't know. After all these years, I, I, I think it's going to be released and it's going to be a big yawn. I, I could be wrong. You know, I don't believe in conspiracies at all. I mean, th- this business that JFK Jr. is coming back to run America and that's, all this crap that's out that's there. I don't a- believe in any of it. But that's I, not a I've conspiracy. Always sus- that's crazy. Come on. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You're right. Um, but I've often, sus- over the years, despite the Warren investigation, despite all of the reports about who really killed JFK, was Oswald, you know, set up, I still think the mafia somehow was, in- was involved because- well. JFK's brother went after them and, you know, they were supposed to because they helped getting uh, JFK um, elected in West Virginia and in uh, Illinois that they were, the mafia was going to get a pass and then they didn't get a pass. And Jack Ruby, the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, was uh, attached to the mob in New Orleans. I mean, there was just mob here and mob there. Well, there's and some of that may be 
seen in these files. Like there's really? a, there's something, yeah, there's something really hinky about all of this because if you remember, um, in 1992, they passed the JFK Records Act and mm-hmm. the government, at, that law obliged the government to release all files within 25 years of JFK's assassination, but they mm-hmm. never did. And so all of these people, um, and these are not just like, not jobs like me. These are people who are like the heads of research organizations and think tanks. Anyway, they filed Freedom of Information Act requests, which is why these documents are going to be released in three days. And one of the things you're going to see, according to the vice president of this one foundation, which is the largest source of assassination records in, U- in U.S. history. That's all they do is they document assassination and assassination attempts, okay? Mm-hmm. The vice president of that says there are at least 44 files that are going to be released that have information about an undercover CIA program relating to Cuba that Lee Harvey Oswald was directly involved in. That mm-hmm. is, that's some pretty, do you not think that's some pretty big talking? Just yeah, it is. Casually I, put that out there. Wow. Yeah, it, it is. And of course, the Cuba connection for people who just, you know, uh, who were not born, which is a good part of the audience right now, uh, the United States tried to overthrow uh, Castro uh, during that period, and it was failed. Uh, it was a failed attempt. So there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of government screw ups that uh, were happening around that subject of the United States invading Cuba. Sherry and I went to the uh, we the group of us that went to the uh, museum uh, down in Dallas mm-hmm. that's connected mm-hmm. to the assassination, and mm-hmm. there was something that I didn't know, and that was Lee Harvey Oswald and his wife had a fight that day, and he was in an emotional state. I believe that that had more to do with it than any of the rest of this. And you know what's kind of surreal, Bob? They had the fight, and he was so mad that he took his wedding ring off. And left it behind and then went and assassinated President Kennedy. Yep. And when you go to the um, school book depository in Dallas, mm-hmm. there's one like case with just that simple gold wedding band and a light shining on it. And it does give you like the woo-woo feeling, right? It's actually his wedding ring. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. They, they brought it to the depository. I mean, what is it like when you – I've not been – the, the only time I've been I've been to Dallas is flying in. They take me to a hotel. We lose a Marconi Award for Show of the Year, and then I get in a plane and I leave. Um, well, let me let me ask it this way because I wasn't alive when Kennedy was assassinated, and Doc and Heather, who were with us the day we went to the school book depository, were not alive. And I don't know that they're as into all this kind of stuff as we are. Doc, what? How would you describe that for Bob? Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of hard. I'm not really all that, like, as a kid, I might have been into it, but now it's, it's just been so, so long and you don't really hear about it as much as you used to back in the day. When it, when it happened, uh, all, all across the United States, um, schools were let out in the middle of the day and, and kids went home. Some of them walked because the school buses weren't, uh, weren't available. School was just shut down. Because of it's uh, worth, the, the horror in in, uh, in people's minds. If you're in Dallas losing an award, it's worth <laughs> taking the time to go and see the assassination site, the Grassy Knoll. 
because what it is in your imagination and what it is in reality is jarring. Yeah. It's an on-ramp to a freeway. Well, and you know what? I'm going to do it. It's uh, so I'm unsettling. going to make plans because I know we will be losing another award. Oh, we as will. the show of oh, the yeah, year, just... so I'm planning on that. Okay. Uh, as surely go... as the sun will rise tomorrow, we will be losing another award. So, yeah, on the 15th in just three days, heads up, Kennedy Nuts. The government is releasing it, and we will see. It's Bob and Sherry. Ho, ho, ho. It's the Bob and Sherry annual happy hour holiday Christmas tree lighting Facebook live extravaganza with the one and only Jimmy Wayne. Doc's must-watch Christmas movies with a twist. A reading of children's letters to Santa. The People's Movie Critic Lamar. Fabulous prizes. And, of course, the countdown to the tree lighting. Three, two, it's the annual Bob and Sherry Tree Lighting Extravaganza. This Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Hi, my name is Captain Ryan Hunton. I'm a fifth Corps soldier from Louisville, Kentucky, currently stationed at Camp Kosciuszko, Poland. I'd like to say hello to my family back home. Merry Christmas, everybody. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Did you guys see that Blake Shelton is leaving The Voice as one of the judges? Because he is said that, right? that, um, yeah, he said that he just wants to spend time with his wife, Gwen, and their, their three children. She had three sons with Gavin Rossdale. And Blake said, you know, I'm their stepdad, but I'm, I'm also just this important person in their life. And I never thought about being a dad. It wasn't ever something I wanted or thought would happen for me. But now that I'm here, these are precious moments and I just, I just want to be with, I just want to be with my wife and these kids. And then he said something that was so charming. He said that most of the time, you know, he just loves his wife and thinks she's the greatest thing that ever happened to him. He said, I forget she's Gwen Stefani, but then we'll be doing an event. Like I think they they just went to the people's choice awards a week or so ago. He said, we'll be doing an event and she'll walk into the room and I'm like, that's Gwen Stefani. And it made me laugh because it's exactly the kind of thing. Don't you always wonder, you know, when these you know incredible star power couples get together, like, I don't care who you are, but if you're dating Brad Pitt, there has got to be a moment in your day where you go, yeah, that's Brad Pitt. <laughs> like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be true you would think. for you? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Even if you're Jennifer Aniston. Or yeah. any of the other beautiful women that he's been associated with, Angelina. Like, Bob, let's say you're single and um, Jennifer mm-hmm. Conley or Reese Witherspoon happen to be on the market. And now you're dating them. You're going to play it cool. You're going to try to play it off. Like, you know, we're just all people here. We're just two people in love. But you be honest with me. You're going to have a whole lot of times during the day when you're like, <laughs> that's Jennifer Conley. <laughs> you know what I would do? Um, not that I've given this any thought, um, but what I would do would, uh, I'd say, I, I have to be honest, you know, we've been seeing each other for a while and I really enjoy you and I hope you enjoy being with me. But every once in a while I look over and I say, I am dating one of the most beautiful women on the planet and she's so talented too. And it does stop me in my tracks. So if you see me, you know, with a frozen face, that's kind of what it is, but it's not so much that I can't handle it. How did that sound? It, that was did, very the, slick. Yeah, that, that was, very was slick. slick. Why that couldn't I have well been done. that slick in real life? 
I don't know. Because in your imagination, you're very suave. Very suave. Yeah, I Um, am. If if I was dating Brad Pitt or Ryan Gosling or just pick one, right? I would call them by both names. Like, you know, like my friend... uh, (laughs) My friend uh, Evelyn will call me. She go, "What you doing tonight, girl?" Me and Brad Pitt are just watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, let me ask him. Brad Pitt, Evelyn wants to know if you want to have drinks Friday night. Oh, I that's I always both names. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, with people that famous and that beautiful, I think their BS meter is is so fine tuned. Do you remember we were uh, at some sort of a cocktail party and there was an exec radio executive there. And so he was pretty high up in this company. I mean, he wasn't the CEO, but he was pretty high up in the company. And he he worked out of Los Angeles and he was always dropping Brad and Angelina's name. Brad and Angie. Yeah. Brett, and he would, I was about to say that, and he would, he would just work their names into a conversation. So I was at a party in West Hollywood and uh, Brad and Angie came in and, uh, you know, I waved. It took him a couple of minutes, but they came up and I'm go- <sighs> Did you believe any of that? I didn't believe any of it. And mainly because he called them Brad and Angie. See, I would have gone just the opposite way. Me too. I been like, Me too. Do you know who I had lunch with? Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Exactly. They're both names. I am telling you, if I was sleeping with Brad Pitt, I would still call him Brad Pitt. That would be his whole name. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Brad, 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 Pitt, Pitt, Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, know, around Christmas time, I'm Bob Lacey. We got, we had, we had stockings, uh, a company made for each of us. Max has said, Max, and Sherry said Sherry, and mine said Bob Lacey. That's, and that's how Mary describes you. I'm married yes. to Bob Lacey. Yeah. Morons in the News is next. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Are you ready? We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Okay, our first story in Morons in the News. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be very honest and disclose that I am only reading this story so that I can do this one line at the end of the story. And here we go. A man was shot in the stomach after he tried to steal a man's goat. A 36-year-old man was shot when he allegedly tried to steal a goat from its owner in San Marcos, California, deputy sheriffs have said. The call was reported about 3.30 in the afternoon, the Sheriff's Department was uh, was telling us. And a 79-year-old man, Michael Ahrens, caught a younger man stealing into his backyard to take his goat. The intruder threw the goat into the front seat of a dune buggy. That is, that is so San Diego-ish, isn't it? He took the goat, but he put it in a dune buggy, which was on the property. Um, The homeowner had a rifle and confronted the intruder before he could start the vehicle. The younger man charged at the homeowner and tried to grab the gun, Aaron said. During a struggle for the firearm, the homeowner fired the rifle. The intruder was hit in the stomach, according to Lieutenant David Collins, The man was taken to the hospital for treatment of injuries that were not considered life-threatening. How how could getting shot in the stomach not be life-threatening? 
Seems like it would be. And it Cowboy seems movies, like it, it always is. Yeah. Uh, he was arrested on suspicion of robbery, battery, attempted vehicle theft, and elder abuse because the guy was 79 years old. The homeowner was not arrested. So I, I guess this guy who was uh, trying to steal the goat, he was not the goat of goat stealing. No, he was not the goat. <laughs> I wonder Do you get it? it with Do you get goat. it? The goat. I did. I did we all got it. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all did. got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just oh, wanted now to be sure. Now his feelings are hurt. We didn't give a big sure. enough response. No, my feelings are not hurt. I just, oh, you know, yes, a man would like are. to be sure. <laughs> I wouldn't have done well with stand-up comedy at all. I know that. I'm, I'm very glad I didn't do that. I, I hope he wasn't going to eat the goat. Like, I hope he was stealing the goat to have it be his friend. As a pet? Yeah. And that he didn't yeah. want it for some nefarious purpose. Yeah. Because we've I had know. morons in the news where they've been caught red-handed in a romantic way with the goat or the horse or whatever. Yeah, I'm just hoping that my man here just He's an it, That guy's friend. really an idiot, though, because if you steal a man's goat, you know, okay, throw him in the back of your car, in the trunk or something like that, right? He put him, him in a... Riding shotgun in, in a doom buggy. That's going to get a doom attention. buggy, right. People are going to stare. It's all, that's got to be on, like, <laughs> at least a dozen San Diego TikToks right now as we speak. It would have to be. Uh, let's go to our moron of the day story. This happened on a Pegasus flight. That's the name of the airline. Um, that was going from Morocco to Turkey. They had to make an emergency landing in Barcelona, Spain, after one of the passengers on board went into labor and was about to give birth. Except that was all a dirty lie. She was pregnant, but she wasn't in labor. and She wasn't about to give birth. And when the plane made that emergency landing in Barcelona, 28 people exited the plane and took off running. Police managed to stop half of them, but 14 escaped from the airport and are still at large. And apparently, this is a scam that's happened before when people, um, they don't have like the right visa or whatever to get into Spain or France or Germany or the U.S. or whatever. Oh, really? So they stage an emergency landing and then they take off running like they're on fire and hope they get away with it. Last Holy year, smoke. a group of passengers going from Casablanca to Turkey um, made up a reason for an emergency landing. A very similar uh-huh. thing. I'm having this mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, 24 yeah. took off running. They got 12 of them. The other 12 are still at large. So this is a pretty established scam yeah. that large groups of people participate in. You just never... Never, I no. never think about this kind of thing. Do you? No, I know it. You know, you you hear about. I tell you where they got the idea. You hear about somebody is trying to go from say uh, Newark to uh, San Francisco, and um, they buy a ticket, but they really just want to go to Chicago. But it costs more to fly to Chicago for some reason, and so they land in Chicago to fuel or whatever, and then you just get off the plane. And, you know, your seat is empty all the way and you're in Chicago. So I think that's common knowledge. And they just took it to another level, a criminal level. And and then to fake going into labor like that, to do that to the flight attendants and the other passengers, very dramatic. We'll get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have Irish comedian Colm Terrell um, and the scoop on one of the biggest like Christmas pop songs. 
that according to the guy that wrote it, it's not about Christmas at all. It's like a real head scratcher. Plus the Bob and Sherry box office. And if you have a job interview coming up, we have the ultimate question. When they say to you, do you have any questions for us? This woman who created this said she's gotten every job she's ever interviewed for. So sit tight mm-hmm. for that. It's Bob and Sherry. Ho, ho, ho. It's the Bob and Sherry annual happy hour holiday Christmas tree lighting Facebook live extravaganza with the one and only Jimmy Wayne. Doc's must watch Christmas movies with a twist. A reading of children's letters to Santa. The people's movie critic Lamar. Fabulous prizes. And of course, the countdown to the tree lighting. Three, two, it's the annual Bob and Sherry Tree Lighting Extravaganza. This Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to bobandsherry.com. The other night, <laughs> I found myself, I didn't want to watch television. You know, it was it was like 9 o'clock, so you're caught between a rock and a hard place. I didn't want to watch a movie because that'll take me two hours to do that. And I just said... Mary's in there, you know, playing with the tree a little bit. So I'm going to go in there and just watch her. And that'll give me an excuse to do nothing. Got a glass of wine and uh, the dog came next to me. I mean, it was really a Norman Rockwellian kind of moment. And I said, uh, I am going to put on some light Christmas music, some just stuff that there's no singing, just background Christmas music. So I found it online and it was... um, uh, I, something like piano, bright piano Christmas music, something like that. And uh, they're, they're playing, and it's just the piano, a bass, and drums, you know, for the most part. And all of a sudden, on comes the Ramsey Lewis trio with Here Comes Santa Claus. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm going, what is that? Why, Why is that familiar? Why is that for me? It's one of the beds that Max has used for like the last 15 years when we when we start talking about stuff of the holiday. It's it's in it's on all the time and it's great because Ramsey Lewis is a fantastic piano player and it's really upbeat and it's wonderful. But I'm sitting there listening to it and it took me a moment to realize where I'd heard it before. And well, that's that's one of the songs that Max plays in the background when we're talking. And it was, you ever, you know that feeling that when your parents would come to school for some, like a, I don't know, a presentation or whatever, and you see your mother and father, or maybe just your mother, in the hallway of your school, and it's so weird because they don't belong in that world. Or, or if you're out, like, uh, at a movie, and you see one of your teachers going, oh my God, my t- my teacher goes to the movies? I thought my teacher only was in that in that building. You didn't know they were My teacher out. has a regular sort of life. It's so weird. I had that once when my, the old man had the bar and restaurant. I went in to get a Coke in the bar, and there's my and there's my sixth grade teacher, and he's having a beer at the end of the bar. And I went, oh my God, it's Mr. Brown. And he looked at me, and I didn't want to make eye contact with him. Because Brown was drinking beer. So I'm sitting there. Do you play? Yeah, a middle school teacher. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting there the other night with her, and it's a delightful moment. And there it is. You just can't get away from the Bob and Sherry show. 
I just, no matter how hard I try, I can't get away from it. Did Mary enjoy you pointing this out to her? I don't know if enjoy would be the word. Um, tolerate, <laughs> I think. It's probably more there. Actually, ignore. Endure? Would endure the, uh, be a better in, word? Endure. Enjoy. Yeah, if you were to interview her, possibly endure would be the, uh, would be the way. <laughs> I it's know one that. of my favorite things, though, of, of this time of the year to have on, you know, Christmas music that's not really uh, the same stuff you hear all the time. It's just it's just kind of floating there. It's mellow. Yeah, this is a nice vibe. With the tree twinkling. And in your case, yeah. doesn't your tree twirl? The tree twirling and it twirling. Does. Well, it doesn't twirl. I mean, it's it's on a little motor and it just goes around. Twirling is is something else. Who would want a twirling it tree? It revolves. it revolves. Yes. Thank you. If it our revolves. tree is twirling, that means Mojo is trying to drink the water. <laughs> or, or or our now, cat is in it. That was a funny line. He's not actually somebody will go. He could die from that. I understand. It's set. It's sorry. He's not going to drink the water. No, he's not. <laughs> He's an animatronic Japanese toy that looks so much like a real dog. Yeah, exactly. You have to cover yourself so much these days, don't you? People will just call you on anything. So anyway, thank you, Max, for uh, Here Comes Santa Claus, Ramsey Lewis Trio. That's, that's lovely. And I enjoyed it the other night. This is Bob and Sherry. From sleep training to sex tips, if you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health. You'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Listen to the Parentologist podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Could it be a truly American art form is taking the world by storm? Ranking in the top 100 in many countries around the world each week, Restless Shores is a very popular with our overseas neighbors, even in many countries where English is not the native language. From Azerbaijan to Andorra, from Yemen to Yonkers, New York, and all points in between, Restless Shores international fans are the wind beneath this American podcast swings. For more, check out restless-shores.com and find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Do you like fun? If yes, then visit BobandSherry.com, our new, improved, and easier-to-navigate website featuring our guest bloggers. Hi, I'm Carrie Green. Join me every Wednesday for Mom Outnumbered as I brave the minefield of raising a family while maintaining a sense of humor, and I attempt to make it through at least mostly unscathed. Oh, it's great. It's this website that's got, like, everything. BobandSherry.com. Hi, this is Allison Stellar. Join me every Monday in the Zen Den as I 
navigate the peaks and valleys of this crazy journey called life. It appears that the website has become alive. Hey, it's the People's Movie Critic. Check out my reviews at BobandSherry.com. Their website is so easy. BobandSherry.com. And all the Bob and Sherry podcasts, including the Oddcast and Fun Size. I probably have to go shopping now. And you can't just hit shop for the Bob and Sherry store for Cooking with Cats, the mother of all mothers merchandise, and the other Bob and Sherry stuff. Website. The website. It's new and improved. The Bob and Sherry website. BobandSherry.com. Hi, um, here at Camp Humphreys, and I'd like to shout out my hometown, Gainesville, Florida, and all my family, Kiana, my uh, sister, Michaela. I love y'all. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. So I saw on CNN Travel, which is a website, and I think I'm probably the only person that actually goes there, so you probably haven't heard this story. I read a story that I think is definitely going to be a Christmas movie. It's the case of 13 total strangers in Orlando, Florida. And what happened was they were flying from Orlando to Knoxville, Tennessee. And they were flying, you know, with different reasons. Uh, one of them was take, it was a couple. They were taking their child to visit the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Somebody else was going to help a relative in Knoxville moved to Mexico. Uh, somebody else just wanted to get home. There were 13 of them, and there was no way. There were no other flights. And somehow they bumped into each other, and they found out that they were all trying to get to Knoxville, Tennessee. This is like at night, like at 10 o'clock at night. And one of them, uh, whose, whose name was Carlos, said, I think we could rent a van. If you're up for it at this point, there were 15 of them and they said, look, there's nobody in line over at the Hertz place. Carlos goes over to the Hertz place and says, how big are the vans? And they said, well, we have one that'll fit uh, 15 people and luggage. And he turned to this gang of stranded passengers and said, who's up for it? And hands went up. And so we rented it and the rest is history. And off they went. (laughs) One person said, if I thought that this was crazy, I knew other people might think it's crazy also. I just figured this is a very unique moment with unique people. Evidently, there was no feeling of anybody being creepy, all different ages, men and women, some people alone, 13 people eventually. They got on the road at 930 that night, and uh, in the end, Carlos did most of the driving, fueled by what he called the strongest cappuccino Dunkin' Donuts has to offer. (laughs) And in the back, passengers talked about their lives, their families, their jobs. And then something happened online. Alana, who was one of the uh, people, is a TikTok influencer. She got on TikTok and said, here's what's going on. And uh, they started taking shots from the front to the back of the van to show everybody laughing and smiling and waving. And people start, thousands and thousands of people started following them on this trip. And they agreed, you know, let's, let's have an agreement. When do we stop for bathroom breaks? There was no drama. There was not one Karen. There was not one pain in the neck guy who is complaining about not having anything to eat or whatever. And... It all worked out great. And they got to Knoxville, Tennessee, 
And one of them said, it was like a Hallmark movie. I always think that I'm the only person that sees these things as movies. But one of them said, it was like a one in a million chance for a few hours. We said to ourselves, what in the world is going on? This has got to be a movie. And you know what it is? Do you not? I mean, how many holiday movies take place in some way, shape or form in an airport? And there's drama and there's tension. 13 strangers from different parts of the world, actually. And they all agree. And then they get in and they start telling their own stories to one another about where they are in their lives. Why are they going to Knoxville? If you took a, a, a really great Hollywood screenwriter, and obviously you'd have to have more drama than what's being described here. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of them is pregnant and you know she could deliver at any moment or somebody just got out of prison and he had, doesn't know if anybody is going to be there for him when he gets back, whatever it might be. And you would have, of course, two people who just met and they fall in love. And they try to, you know, one of the bathroom stops, he, he approaches her and just says, you know, are you single? Or, uh, tell me about you. And now you have this whole romantic thing going. How can that not be a movie? I think it will be. It's such a great story. Would you have, would you have done it? Because I'd have jumped into that van in a second. Would you have done it? You know, it? It, it, people are saying Bob would never do something like that. Yes, I would. I, in that case, it's such an obvious life story. It's, it's something that you'll never, ever forget. And you know what? I bet that some of those people are going to stay in touch. Not all of them. Some of them will just go along and just, you know, say, you won't believe what happened. This is how I got to Knoxville. And, and, and then that's the end of it. They get on with their Christmas celebration. But I think there are probably some of them that we will hear. I'll, I'll, I'll find a CNN travel story 10 years from now that they've uh, been in touch every Christmas. I was thinking that too. I wonder, I wonder how many of those people formed uh, a relationship of some kind that they'll keep up I'm going to say with, five with or social six. media. I mean, it's yeah. not like the old days yeah. where you had to lick a stamp. But, you know, now yeah, exactly. you can, oh, I'm going to follow you on Insta or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that just shows you that even as the world is so insanely angry and crazy, mm -hmm. it's so it's so unnecessary because people mm -hmm. are, for the most part, decent and good. Yeah. There wasn't one guy that tried to start a political fight. There wasn't one person who was crying or complaining. They all grabbed an oar and pulled, and uh, it turned out you, great. You would I know. want to stop and eat, though, Bob. I, I've just got to tell you, you, you just one time. All right. It's 13 hours. It's 13 hours. I mean, just somewhere. I don't like Hardee's, so probably not Hardee's, but let, let's hold off for a McDonald's. Uh, you know what? I would be the pain in the butt, wouldn't I? Hmm. <laughs> not, in a, not in a bad way. Really? You would merely be saying what everybody else was thinking. Yes, let's stop and eat. There you go. Going to give myself the jingle stick. So there it is. We'll be looking for that. 
We'll be looking for that movie. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry want you to color your way to winning a $100 Visa gift card and a copy of the Bob and Sherry coloring book, It's Always Something, a coloring book for exhausted adults. All you have to do is... Number one. Go to the Bob and Sherry website and hit the contest page. Number two. Download the image. Number three. Color the image however you want. Number four. Upload the image to hello at bobandsherry.com, where our blue ribbon panel of judges will pick a winner. Color your way to a $100 Visa gift card and a copy of our new coloring book. From Bob and Sherry. Hi, my name is Senior Airman Laksamana. I'm currently deployed in Niger, Africa. I would like to wish the Kurt family in Gulf Breeze, Florida, a happy holiday. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. You know, I, I'm just sitting here, Bob, thinking about these 13 people that you were just describing stranded at the Orlando airport. Mm-hmm. Going to the rental car place, finding one of those big church camp vans, getting into that van together, 13 strangers, mm-hmm. driving to Knoxville, Tennessee with Carlos at right. the wheel. And that is a, a great example of, of decency and cooperation and human beings realizing, hey, we're all just people here. Let's solve our problem together. Right. And it reminded me of... Summer before last, when I went to visit my mom and I took my um, oldest daughter and my niece with me, and we landed in Vegas, because that's the closest airport to where my mom lives in St. George, went to the rental car place, and the lines were wrapped around the terminal. I have Mm -hmm. never been in any airport in my whole life, anywhere, where there were so many people lined up for rental cars. And it turned out there had been a storm earlier and a, on the East Coast and a bunch of flights got delayed and then they mm-hmm. all kind of pushed into Vegas at once. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the rental car place was so swamped. So right. we're standing in line, we're standing in line, standing in line, playing a game on my phone. And a few people in front of me in the line was this couple and they were dressed like in really expensive but tacky clothes, like the jeans with the rhinestones on the back pocket. You know what I'm talking about? Like you <laughs> yeah. could oh, tell. Yeah. And that was yeah. him. That's the man, yeah, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, wow, y'all spend some money on those Porter, Porter Wagner-inspired pants. But, I mean, they were just really, they were loud in every way. They were loud with their voices. Their clothes were loud. They had gotten to the, the line. And... um they did not like the car that the rental car agent person had for them. And he wanted an upgrade. And there, he hadn't paid for one, apparently. And the only reason we all know this is because of the loudness of it. He hadn't paid mm-hmm. for an upgrade, but he was like a gold member or a platinum member. And he wanted the upgrade. Right. It? And the rental car guy gestures to the enormous crowd of humanity that looks like an outtake from the World War Z movie starring Brad Pitt about zombies. Like mm-hmm. It looked like we were all just Vegas refugees. The guy gestures and he says, sir, we don't have any more cars. This is the car we have. And the guy and his wife were like, we are guests of, and he named some casino. It's like, oh, y'all, y'all be high rollers. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Made such a scene, such a scene. <laughs> That other people were now getting really exasperated because just get yeah. your car and go. These people, it, now it's pushing midnight. People are like, 
sitting on the floor of the terminal. Little kids are falling asleep, crying. Like it was a scene. And finally, the rental car agent says, sir. And he bangs away at his keyboard and he goes, oh, it looks like we don't have any cars at all for you. And the guy lost his mind. He turned red. His wife was yelling. The two of them were stomping. And the rental car guy just crossed his arms over his chest and said, I'm sorry. Next, did not give him any car at all because of his bad behavior. They went stomping off. They went stomping off and they were on their phones. Customer service. I want to speak to a manager. And the next person behind them walks up. And now the whole terminal has just heard, oh, we have no more cars left. Next person walks up. Rental car agent says, welcome to Las Vegas. Do you have a reservation number? And everybody else got a car. And these two, when Britt and Olivia and I left, those two were still on the phone, fuming and stomping and yelling. I tell you what, that was justice served. Justice served cold. You don't see that very often. Wow. The moral of the story is, go ahead and get in the van with Carlos and go to Knoxville. And don't make such a scene. Life does not need to be this hard. Right? That's right. We have a great comic for you next. Irish comedian Colm Terrell. Straight ahead, it's Bob and Sherry. Prizes, special guests, the Bob and Sherry Facebook Live tree lighting extravaganza this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Here's Bob and Sherry. It is time for Everyone Needs a Laugh, and today we have Irish comedian Colm Tyrell. Hi. How's it going? Uh, I'm... uh, I'm, I'm from Ireland, okay? So I'm not as ugly as I look. <laughs> People see me, they go, oh. And then they hear me speak. And they go, actually? For an Irish guy? Not too bad. <laughs> you know Game of Thrones? They film, they film that in Ireland. They did that to save on makeup costs with the extras. <laughs> the film crew showed up and were like, hey, street merchant with leprosy? We're ready for your scene. Come on. (laughs) That guy was like, no, I work with catering. And they said, get in here, you ugly pig. We need you. Bring all your friends and your family because we need some wildings for free. If you rewatch that show and look in the background, you'll see a bunch of Irish plumbers and stuff staring at the camera. Every time a dragon flies by, they wave. (laughs) I love ugly people. I was a waiter for years. I never had an ugly person complain about anything. It's always a good-looking person who wants to speak to the manager. Usually a beautiful woman. She'd be like, I ordered my steak medium rare. And this is medium, medium rare. Ugly people, they never complain. They're just happy to be out of the house. They order their steak medium rare. You can just throw a fish at their head. You wouldn't even need to kill the fish. Just lob it towards their ugly face. And they'll catch it in their fang. Like, yeah! And then they break its neck. And they'll smile at you as fish guts dribble down their ugly chin onto their ugly body because they're happy for the eye contact. I love, I love ugly people. 
I want ugly kids. Because you don't have to parent ugly children. Life will teach them their lessons. Naturally. I'm, I'm dating an American girl. We've been together for five years now, so we're almost done. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she's all right. She's okay. She's into the environment, though. And she recently bought some coffee cups that say, save the bees. The bees, guys, it's... Oh, oh God. The, bee, the bees are... They're dying. And you, can, you can't go outside of your house anymore without piles of dead bees everywhere you go. And if the bees die... There'll be no more internet or something. I don't know. I zone out when she talks, but it's important. It's, I'm told it's important. So every morning we drink coffee from these coffee cups that say, save the bees, right? I don't know what you guys are doing, but we're helping. <laughs> recently, recently there was a dead bee on our windowsill, and my girlfriend's like, we have to save the bee. And I go, yeah. But he's already dead. He must not have seen the coffee cups because that is a dead bee, if ever I saw one. But apparently, she explained to me, apparently a lot of the time when you see a dead bee, apparently it's not actually dead. Most of the time, it's actually just really thirsty and it's having a little dehydrated nap and it will die. But you can save its life by giving it a drink. This is the type of ridiculous stuff that comes out of her face all of the time. But I can't leave her because I need a visa. <laughs> so I prepared, I prepared a dead bee a drink because I love this country. And I, I got tap water and she goes, not tap water. They hate tap water. They only like sugary water. What are the odds of getting such a picky dead bee? You give it tap water, he turns into Gordon Ramsay, just, ah! Oh! It's bland. This water is bland. So I mix sugar with water to make simple syrup. I'm a mixologist now for a dead bee. And I put the sugary water on a spoon, but it won't drink it. This dead bee has lost its thirst. So I, I just start splashing its corpse, just covering its dead body in a sticky liquid, dishonoring its memory completely. And the whole time my girlfriend is over my shoulder like, is it working? And I go, no, it's not working. And she goes, why not? I go, because it's dead. It's a dead bee. And I know it was dead because I had killed it with a magazine earlier that day when he came into my home uninvited. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That is dark, but funny. So dark. And this comedian, Colm Tyrell. We'll get that right. set posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D. 
S-A-T-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry want you to color your way to winning a $100 Visa gift card and a copy of the Bob and Sherry coloring book, It's Always Something, a coloring book for exhausted adults. All you have to do is... Number one. Go to the Bob and Sherry website and hit the contest page. Number two. Download the image. Number three. Color the image however you want. Number four. Upload the image to hello at bobandsherry.com, where our blue ribbon panel of judges will pick a winner. Color your way to a $100 Visa gift card and a copy of our new coloring book. From Bob and Sherry. Greetings from Camp Arif, John Kuwait. This is Chaplain Brett Anderson. I want to say a special happy holidays to all of my friends and family back home. Look forward to being with you soon. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. What are you getting me for Christmas? It's that dreaded question, you know? And if it's if it's coming from an adult that you're very close to, like, oh, your wife, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, you got to put a little thought into it. I'm reading here that more and more people are daydreaming about experiences, recreational experiences, dining experiences, travel experience, just daydreaming all throughout the year. And so people who study this sort of thing have come up with the idea that rather than giving them something that's clothing or something that, you know, they may not like, may not be their style or need, how many robes can you give? Giving them an experience. And, you know, immediately when you say that, you you think, well, I cannot afford to send my boyfriend to Iceland to go fishing right? As much as he would like to do that, that would cost way too much money. But you don't have to do that, these people say. You could pick some place that really is not that far from where you live. I'll give you an example. Let's say you live, oh, in Ventura, California, right? Northern part of Los Angeles. You live in Ventura, California. You could give somebody who's close to you. Maybe it's, a, a, you know, you're close to your sister or something. You could give her uh, dinner at a fantastic restaurant in Big Sur. So she and her husband or whoever would, you know, get on US-1, drive up the coast, and maybe have dinner from a, a gift certificate at the uh, Siena Mar restaurant, which is one of the great restaurants in that part of the world. Pick your own town and just give, as the gift, a great night out on a really at a really, really nice restaurant. Or if you've got, you know, you've got the coins. Uh, let, let's say that your wife wants to have a weekend with the girlfriend somewhere, right? Wants to go away for a weekend with the girlfriend somewhere. You pick up her costs and she doesn't have to think about it. Or you pick up, you know, dinner for five with her girlfriends. You've already uh, made plans for that. Evidently, those are home runs now more than buying a dress she may or may not like. I think it's a pretty good idea. I know because I have done that with Mary. I I just don't want anything. I don't want any more stuff to have to clean up and pick up and move around. My older brother and his wife and Kevin and I, we send each other to restaurants every Christmas. You we do? Pick a spot. Yeah, we pick a spot that um, I try to find something I think they'd like, but they haven't tried. And, and then they do the same I told my mom, she's like, you have to have something. I'm like, I just, I, it's just a bunch of stuff that I have to move around from place to place. 
I don't, yeah. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Well, but then sushi? you agree yeah. with whatever this, yeah. this study is, that that's the thing to do. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the best restaurant in Big Sur, California. It could just it could be, you know, an Italian joint in your town. I mean, if somebody somebody gave me a, a gift certificate to a dinner for two at one of my favorite uh, medium-priced Italian restaurants, I would love that. Listen, a gift fantastic. certificate to Grubhub would be yeah. a great gift. That's, yeah. that's a night you don't have to cook. You don't have to feel guilty about getting takeout yet again, right? But but pick the right restaurant. You know, some it, restaurants love gift certificates because about a third of the time people forget about them, lose them, or they just go, oh, I just don't really want to go over there. Then it expires. So the restaurant gets the money, and yet, you know, they don't have to pay for anything. Uh, make sure it's a restaurant that really aligns with that person. Or a hotel, a hotel for a night, like one night. You know, she wants to get away for one night. Let her get away and be alone and, and do whatever she wants to do. Or, or get her, you know, the hotel and a, a facial or something like that. I think those are good ideas. And, and it helps to keep people employed. I completely agree. And then you're not, you're not giving somebody another blanket, another throw blanket. Right. right. I, exactly. don't, I counted up. My girls have throw blanket fetishes. I cannot tell you how many throw blankets we have in this house. The answer is enough. We have absolutely enough throw blankets. We're the same. I predict way. three more come through the door before Christmas is over. Do you, do you have a them. Do you have a big basket where they all go, like in a, yes. in a playroom or something like that? I have several baskets in several rooms. All of them have loads of blankets in it. Like when you come to this house, you will be issued a blanket. Trust me, yeah. there are blankets in this house. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some, um, and I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show, or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at BobandSherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you, and thank you for listening. It's the Bob and Sherry Store Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything in stock is on sale, 10% off. 10% off! Including Sherry Lynch's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, and swag you can use, like Bob and Sherry 24-ounce latte mugs, travel mugs, H2Go water bottles, and our very hot line of Mother of All Mothers merch, including tote bags, candles, wear-around tea and sleep shirts. 10% off! It's the Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything is 10% off. Just hit Shop at BobandSherry.com and use the discount code PODCAST at checkout. Facebook. 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 Follow Bob and Sherry on Facebook. Get all kinds of great stuff. One billion. That is how many active users Facebook now has. Facebook. 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 She switches on her computing machine and looks to see what her friends have been up to on Facebook, the electric friendship generator. There's this thing called Facebook. Facebook. Facebook page. We have five likes. You name it. News channel, YouTube, Hulu, Facebook, Twitter, dot this, dot that, dot everything. It's the whole enchilada. Or you can follow Bob and Sherry on Twitter, at Bob and Sherry. Twitter. Twitter. What are you tweeting? And we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Facebook or Twitter anytime. 
Just follow me here. No one. Won't you follow us on Twitter? So get social with Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, or at Bob and Sherry on Instagram. When I was coming up, Instagram was a dope deal. You know what I'm saying? Get details at BobandSherry.com. Hi, my name is Commander Brendan Gatoka, stationed in Bahrain with CTF Central from Ellicott City, Maryland. I want to say hi to my son, William and Henry, who are playing with Mike's on Ice, and to my lovely wife, Emily. Go Caps! Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. It is talk back time. You can call us at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844 S-H-E-R-I, or you can download our app. It's free in Google Play in the Apple Store. And look at the bottom center of the screen. There's a little cartoon microphone. Just tap it and talk, and the app will do the rest. Hey, Bob and Sherry, Max and Doc. My name is Molly, and I live in South Alabama. I listen to you guys on the podcast, and I have been a fan for a long time, dating myself by saying, even before Sherry had children, I was a huge fan. I listen to you guys on podcasts because you're not on the radio where I live, but I always seek you out no matter where I go. I've always traveled for work in some fashion, and you guys just help me get through the day. But I was listening to your segment on the top 10 girl and boy dog names, and I have to laugh. So my name is Molly, and people often like to say, oh, we have a dog named Molly. And I've always (laughs) said to people that I know and love, like, is that supposed to be a compliment? Am I supposed to be flattered that your dog has the same name I do? Hilariousness. On a side note, I have a cat named Max. Sorry, Max. But I just want to tell you guys that it made me laugh this morning, and I appreciate all y'all. Is that supposed to be a compliment? What am I supposed to do Max? What am I supposed to do with that, Molly? This is your burden. This has been your burden. Max is always the most popular name for a dog. Molly is such a sweet name. You know, I guess it would be a sweet name for a cat, but uh, it's a sweet name for a woman. I think it's, I've, it's very I've known three friendly. families with a dog named Molly. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. There's something about a golden retriever yeah. um, that lends itself to being named Molly. It's a sweet, yeah. it's such a sweet, playful name. And then that golden retriever mm-hmm. has such a sweet, playful face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the uh, idea of giving a child a dog for Christmas, where you you know you, for a f- maybe a minute you put the dog inside a box with a ribbon on the top, I wonder if that is uh, something that's done still. I've never done that myself. You know, I've only seen that like in a department store ad on TV or somewhere yeah. like I- that. I think it's more likely that people put a, a ribbon on a puppy at Christmas time than these psychopaths that buy each other cars. Yeah. Like I, I right. while I would love to on Christmas morning be led out to the driveway and there's a car <laughs> with a bow on it, I would be yeah. looking at my husband like, "Did you win money in the lottery? Like, did we discuss this? Like, you you can't just go out and buy vehicles." My favorite is that couple. They're both really good looking. And they live in what looks like a $10 million house in some ski resort in Idaho. Yeah. And he buys them each like a big pimped out truck. Yeah. And then she and wants she, the one that she he wants, wanted. Yeah. She wants, she wants the, uh, the, the red one. Yeah. Or, or she the, wants no, the, one she that wants he the wanted. black one. And uh, she goes for that. And he takes the, uh, he takes the red one. And he's like, usually. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I like that one too. I'm just going to have it. You know, Who are these people? I just, I just spent $120,000 on the two trucks and I don't even get to pick the color, but what are you going to do? 
Usually it's a Lexus, I think. That's the one that I remember where they're December. There are, that's their campaign. December yeah, to remember. Lexus December to remember. And there's a big red bow on the top of the car. Who are these people? They are rich people. They are working the stock market. They're lawyers, whatever. I, I, I read an article online last week about this very thing that said, do people actually do this? Why is the car mm-hmm. industry so obsessed with this idea? And the mm-hmm. answer is people actually do do it, but it's like one fraction of one-tenth of a single percentage of the whole population that right. buys brand new cars and puts bows on them. And definitely the part where it's a surprise, right? Because a lot of people, I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen our listeners on Facebook. Yay, I'm so excited. I finally got my dream ride, right? But it, but the like this person made this decision together with everybody else in the family. They didn't just go, you know what? Kevin is so hard to shop for. I know what I'll do. I'll just somehow drop $60,000 on a pimped out truck for him. And right. put a bow on it this Christmas. Like the, this article said, that part of it doesn't happen very much. But yeah, I guess people do do it. And these car dealerships do money, have these though, giant bows. If you had the money, wouldn't it be something? And you knew that you knew the exact car that your wife wanted. And you had the money and you bought the car and you, and you said to the guy, look, you're making all this money. I want a red bow on that bad boy. They will do that. And then you could give it to her on Christmas. I mean, that really would be, outside of a house, what, what beats it? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, but it's a, it's a total fantasy. I mean, it's even this thing I read, even this thing I read was like, yeah, it does not really happen. I mean, first of all, like you better plan ahead because even if you're buying a, cash, a car for cash, I think you're going to be at the dealership for 16 hours. My both my brother and his wife are in the car business, and I asked mm-hmm. them one time, I'm like, why does it take so long? And my sister-in-law, who does that's what she does for a living, she's a finance manager at a dealership in Philly. Yeah, she said, "Oh, sure, I don't know." But no matter how many times we tell people this won't take long, they're there all day. <laughs> it's just the paperwork. Well, if you're There's yeah, so if you're financing it. it especially, you're right. I don't know how your uh, I don't know how your sister-in-law does that job. Just the words. She's a finance manager at a car dealership in Philly. She's got thick skin. Yes, she yeah, does. She, she She's got real to. thick skin. Yeah. She'd have to. Yeah. It's, it's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Oh. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm Specialist Jack Weber with 1-4 Beco at JMRC. I'd like to wish a happy holidays to my family in Forestville, New York. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Oh, thank you so much for being with us. We just love being on the air at this time of the year. Hi to all the uh, wonderful people defending our country around the world. Uh, Bob and Sherry carried on the Armed Forces Network. So I have a question for you. What is it about human beings 
that gives us such pleasure, and it's different for different human beings, watching other human beings suffer. Not necessarily in horrible ways. I'm not saying like in, in, in terrible in torture or, you know, an execution or something like that, but, but just in little ways. What is it about us? And I bring this up because I was online and there's some sort of a website that has a collection and they add to them every time somebody sends in a new one of automobile wrecks. And the one that I saw was uh, somebody had a camera that was rolling on the front uh, through the front windshield and a car came around and crashed into a car in front of you. And they and they were, you know, pushed over to the side of the road. Just the just the crash. The person with the camera slowed down and you could see the person in the car that was in the crash get out of the car limping. So, I mean, you know, something happened. Something, and, yeah. and yet and, and yet there were people going to this. And saying, "Oh yeah, I want to see that. Let's see which. Let's see who crashed today." There is something that I guess is hardwired in human beings. They want to see that. Another crash was this poor sob drove into the side of a barn. He just he lost control on the road and crashed into the side of a barn that was on the side of the road. Not only is is it a bummer for him to have to you know deal with that. But for the rest of his life, his wife, you know, can always say, you know, you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. He can now say, yes, I can. And let me show you the uh, the actual footage. There. Um, when when my uh, when, when my little uh, granddaughter was chastised by her mom in, in, for doing, I don't know, throwing things on the floor or whatever it is. As soon as Landon raised her voice and said, now, L, you're doing that. And that's not right. We don't want to keep picking things up. As soon as my grandson heard that tone in her voice, he, he left the train set and came over to watch the ass kicking. There's just something that we have. I mean, how many times have you driven by, like a cop has pulled somebody over to the side of the road for, I don't know, speeding or whatever it is. And you drive by slowly and you look over to see their face. And you know that if it's you, you just feel like such a criminal. Like maybe your tags have expired. It's not a big deal, but you feel like a lowly criminal and people are enjoying your pain. I think as long as nobody gets hurt, um, people like to look at that stuff for the same reason that a lot of us watch true crime and Dateline. I'm glad it's not me. We're glad it isn't us. And we're also learning how to maybe let it never be us. Right. I'm going to have to think about the learning part because I just know that that's a big that's a big motivation for women who consume true crime content, whether it's TV or podcast or whatever. That's a big motivation. It's like, ooh, I need to be on my A game. It never occurred to me my husband could do that or that my boyfriend might think of this. Right. Like it's this weird way of like being prepared for the worst and protecting yourself against it. And I wonder if people do the same thing with uh, guys driving into barns and, and all of that. As long as no one got hurt, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, glad it isn't me. Have to remember not to do that ever. These I don't know. These are Maybe. wrecks that people go to see every, every some, single some day. Some people are ghouls, though, Bob. Yeah. Like, there's are. a reason why there'll be an accident on the highway and then traffic mm-hmm. backs up for miles, mostly because people just want to look. They That's want foolishness. I know yeah. it really is, and it slows it slows everybody's day down. It's Bob and Sherry. 
You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. A song that technically isn't really about Christmas. There's no Santa or reindeer or jingle bells or presents or ho, ho, ho. A song that is technically about getting dumped on Christmas has become a pop Christmas standard classic. It's the Wham! song, Last Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Andrew Ridgely, George Michael wrote this in about an hour in his childhood bedroom, Um, and they recorded it in August of 1984, and George Michael at that point had taken total control over Wham. He's actually playing the synthesizer on this track, and he's not a musician. The studio engineer said that he was playing it with two fingers. It took forever to record it, but he was determined that this was going to be the way he wanted it to be. Really? So if you're a fan of Love Actually, one of the subplots in Love Actually is, you know, this feverish race to see who'll have the number one song in the UK on Christmas. Remember, that's like a big part of the movie. Will it be that that bad Christmas song by Bill Nye, who's playing the rock star? What will be the number one Christmas song? Well, this song um, did not get to number one for more than 35 years. It took 35 years for this song to break number one. The year it came out, it was competing with the Band-Aid song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Mm-hmm. And it it had no it had no chance. And George Michael, who sang on Do They Know It's Christmas, was so committed to that cause that he mm-hmm. donated all of his profits from the song to Band-Aid, right? Right. And and so year after year, it would get all this play at Christmas time, but it stalled at number two. They could not get it to number one. It took George Michael dying for the song to even chart in the U.S., and it eventually made it to number one 35 years after it was written. But here's the other thing about this song. He got sued for plagiarism by um, the Carpenters and Barry Manilow for the song Can't Smile Without You, which Max said he could hear immediately. Can't smile without you. I can't smile without you. I can't laugh and I can't You know, I'm pretty good at that, and I don't hear that. I don't hear that as the same song. I've I'm, I'm got both, both of them playing at the same time. Hang on a second here. But I, I mean, I, I heard it. You know, I'm so tone deaf, I can't hear anything. I don't hear it at all. Two different songs. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe my ear is not that sophisticated, but I, I'm hearing. Sherry said da, it, da, when Sherry da, said da, it, da. I said, she said, do you have those two songs? And I went, yeah, I can get those two songs. And I went, oh, I hear it. I, I immediately well, did. I won't leave you hanging in suspense. Um, the suit got dismissed after they put a musicologist on the stand who played s- more than 60 songs that have the almost same chord progression and melody. Mm-hmm. So the musicologist was like, you know, George Michael didn't steal this from Barry Manilow. Y'all been stealing this one from each other for a long time. Yeah, so there, here, there there are some songs that are just kind of in the air and and they float around. 
Um, but I, I mean, when you listen to the melody, there's a difference between a chord progression and the actual melody line. So the melody line of the Barry Manilow song is da 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 da, and the George Michael is da 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 da. There's a similarity. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's close. It's not close. I want to shout out before we break. The millions of people who are playing Whamageddon right now. Here's the rules of Whamageddon. It happens every Christmas online. You have to avoid hearing Wham's last Christmas from December 1st to Christmas Eve. And once you hear it, you're out. You have to admit defeat. You have to post on your socials, hashtag um, Whamageddon, and wait for your friends (laughs) to also hear the song. And then they're out, too. If you're going to win Whamageddon, you... You can't leave your house or have any media of any kind you going can't. at all. I, I think this song probably is in the top five played songs around Christmas. Five to ten. It's in the top ten anyway. Obviously, the Mariah Carey is up there. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is always up there. Uh, uh, the Andy Williams song, Have a Little Christmas. La, da, 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 da. Can the uh, the the Bert uh, Ives song uh, that, that we need a little Christmas is not a Christmas song. That is a song about we're we're having a bad time in our lives, so we need Christmas. It's not a Christmas song. You you're you're replete with Christmas at the Christmas season. You don't need that song. It's not a Christmas song. Yeah, I'm with Matt. But you know what? We play these songs and we don't really listen to the words, and we're just like, okay, alrighty, that's good. If you ever listen to the words to some of these songs, you won't be right again. Some of them are just so crushingly sad. They are. They are. Well, I mean, one of the saddest songs of all time is uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Good Lord. Open a vein, why don't you? I mean, that thing is just so depressing. He gave her his heart on Christmas Day, and on the 26th, right. she was like, yeah, I don't want this ugly old thing to take you back. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. It's the Christmas song that really isn't a Christmas song. And apologies to anyone playing Whamageddon that just lost because of us. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry annual happy hour holiday Christmas tree lighting Facebook live extravaganza with the one and only Jimmy Wayne. Doc's must watch Christmas movies with a twist. A reading of children's letters to Santa. The people's movie critic Lamar. Fabulous prizes. And of course, the countdown to the tree lighting. Three, two, It's the annual Bob and Sherry Tree Lighting Extravaganza. This Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Greetings. I'm Major Adam Moore from the Joint Multinational Readiness Center in Hallfels, Germany. Just want to wish a Merry Christmas to my family and friends back home in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Love and miss you all. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's The Most Random Thing You'll Hear All Day Long. And we take you up to Newfoundland and Labrador and the town of St. John's and their Christmas parade. They have it every year. And the most popular character in the Christmas parade, way up north, and if you don't know where these Canadian provinces is, just think of Maine and go north. Go north and east. They're way, way up there. The maritime uh, provinces, I think they're called. So Santa's big in this parade. 
but he is nothing compared to the maple leaf big stick bologna. Uh, this is an article <laughs> written by Sarah, and tell me if you think, tell me how you think her last name is uh, pronounced. S M E L L I E. S M E. Smelly? Yeah. Well, it's hard to, to think sure. it, it could be anything else. It, it, that's all I could come up with. Sarah Smelly, God bless you, who's with the Canadian Press. I'm just going to read this. Kids and adults alike waved, cheered, and scrambled to get selfies with the star of the annual Christmas parade in downtown St. John's. But it wasn't the man in red they were after. Their man suit was a mild intestinal pink. The Maple Leaf Foods Mr. Big Stick mascot is waving. He is a waving, walking, cylindrical stick of bologna, complete with a top knot. It has been a staple of the city's parade for over 25 years. He is unique to Newfoundland, and the St. John's Parade is his main regular gig. I'm going to describe what he looks like, the big stick. Sure, sure like to see it. Um, there, uh, There's <laughs> just no other way to say it's, it's kind of phallic looking. He has a He's all pink. He has big, goofy eyes, eyebrows, a big smile. And on his front, it says, the big stick. And he's <laughs> about eight feet tall. And people are surrounding the big stick to take his picture and to also have their pictures taken with the big stick. I think that it's just so random and ridiculous, said one person. He's a baloney with arms and legs. It's just really funny. The person dressed up inside the tube of processed meat will not reveal who he is. But he is the big stick every year. It's been going on for 25 years. Though most Canadian consumers, I continue with Sarah Smelly's article, though most Canadian consumers might know bologna as a lunch meat packaged in thin slices, Newfoundland and Labrador people want their meat differently. Consumers can buy intact logs they're sold uh in about two pound slices and they can not slices but all one piece and they can slice it themselves or head to their local corner where the clerk will say thick or thin uh, amanda pierce who works at white's mini mart says we can sell upwards of four big sticks in a week i think it's an easy meal you can make a quick sandwich or fry it up you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I certainly do. person named Gulliver agrees and says that bologna is, quote, a way of life in the province, which could explain why adults with no children regularly head to the parade to high-five Mr. Big Stick. There are T-shirts, Christmas ornaments, keychains, and so many pictures taken of him. Well, Why, um, why can't we have stuff like this? I know. Why can't we have nice things like this? In a giant tube of bologna that people go out of their minds for. He beats Santa in popularity in this particular parade. So you I guess, folks, if you want to see what the big stick looks like, um, you can find him pretty easily. Just we'll Google. Yeah, we'll, and no, we'll, we'll post, post it. it. We'll post it up All on right. our Facebook. Yeah. On our Facebook. We'll post it All up right. on the our big Facebook. Stick. 
and hello to all of our wonderful friends up there in the provinces on the Atlantic tell you, at Christmas. We, we can't have it here because here something like that would be a dildote. I mean, there's no yeah, way we could get that exactly, in a parade know, here. Yeah, but we'll get right. it posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook so that you can see the big stick at Christmas time. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. It's a podcast with stuff you won't hear on the regular show. I had Todd track down the founder of the American Museum of the House Cat. I, I got the cat mummy, which was a real rare find. And what did it uh, look like, well, it Doctor? Just, well, it looks like it's just an old dried up cat. Tell you the truth. It's Bob and Sherry uncensored, uninterrupted, and unfettered. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. You know, I like people, but I don't crave being around people. You know what I mean? I do. My odd. Not in that say way. That I'm, no, you're not odd. I'm, I'm not odd in that way. You can get the Bob and Sherry Oddcast by going to our website, bobandsherry.com, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, or text the word Oddcast to 888-262-7437, 888-BOB-SHERRY, or the simplest way, get the new Bob and Sherry app for your iPhone in the App Store. I listen to you every morning on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. It's Bob and Sherry, unlike you've ever heard them before. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. Okay, so you remember when I told you that we were going to spend this Christmas season um, paying tribute and saluting some of the absolutely worst Hallmark Christmas movies that have ever been yes. made? Um, yes. We kicked this off with A Carol Christmas, that classic um, reimagining of the Charles Dickens A Christmas Story, uh, starring Tori Spelling with William Shatner as the ghost of Christmas present and um, Gary Coleman as the ghost of Christmas past, I do believe. Today we move on to what some people feel is one of the worst movies ever made, much less one of the worst Hallmark Christmas movies. What is? And it's called, well, it's. I'm going to give you the synopsis of it and you're going to think I'm making it up or confused. But this is the legendary A Boyfriend for Christmas. And it came out in 2004. So let's let's see what this plot looks like 13 year old holly goes to a department store santa and whispers in santa's ear that she would like to have a boyfriend for christmas and santa says ho 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 that's a good wish and never give it up and i'll see what i can do ho 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 and so few years go by and a few more years go by and before you know it 20 years have gone by and now poor holly is 33 years old and every christmas morning she wakes up and looks under the tree to see if santa has brought her some poor bounding gag boyfriend hostage with like a puppy And, and for 20 years she's disappointed well 20 years later a mystery man shows up on her door and she answers it and he says Santa sent me and instead of pepper spraying his eyes which is what should have happened she's like oh yeah come on in I've been waiting for you I've been waiting so basically what we have here is a little girl asking a department store Santa for a boyfriend sitting around alone for 20 years, answering the door to a complete freaking stranger who says he was sent from the North Pole, letting him into her house. 
and falling in love. And Santa is basically like some matchmaker. And is this man... Santa is a pimp. Is this man that knocks on her door? Santa sent me. Is he... Is he magical? I'm not going to tell you. You have to watch this masterpiece. Is he? An, what is does he, he look like, like? What does he look he like? He looks like every actor in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. Blandly handsome. And you're like, have I seen that guy somewhere? And maybe you've seen him in an Old Spice commercial. I don't know. Um, the actors well, in... The reason uh, I asked that is that when he showed up, you, you, you sounded like this. Hello, Santa sent me. It sounds like, you know, you know the guy who's in that, uh, I think it's Downey Softener, and, and he's in the aisle of the supermarket. He's the this fairy god. He's Gladys' he, fairy godmother. Yeah, fair, yeah. That, he, that's what I'm picturing, but you're saying he's a handsome Hallmark oh, sort of actor. Everybody in the Hallmark movies looks like everybody in the Hallmark movies. They yeah, are blandly right. attractive people, unless it's a famous star who's slumming like William Shatner in A Carol Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am a romantic person and I believe in Christmas magic. But if you knock on my door and you're some complete stranger, dude, and you tell me that Santa sent you, I'm going to pepper spray you and then call 911. However, the, the, the suspension you. of disbelief is just insane with this one. It It is. It is. But here's the genius. First of all, whoever the producer was, and it was a producer that came up with the title, A Boyfriend for Christmas. That's, that's genius. Not everyone you know is single and looking for a boyfriend for Christmas, but I'm sure there are million of women, millions of women who probably would like to have a boyfriend for Christmas, and for one reason or another, they're alone right now. I bet there are others out there who have waited for years and years and years, and he has not shown up yet. And so they're watching this Hallmark movie, and you know what? They're saying to themselves, I'm not the only one. Look at, look at her. She's really pretty. And she wants a boyfriend for Christmas. Just like, not, I want a boyfriend for Christmas. Hey, that's not the part I'm struggling with. Not the, I get that. Here's, here's the part that troubles me. Hi, Santa sent me to be your Christmas boyfriend. You don't let that man into your house. He's here to do you harm. You don't let a man who knocks on your door that you've never seen before, who announces he's been sent from the North Pole to be your boyfriend, you don't let that man in. I don't care how lonely you are. Uh, I think some women would. They've been waiting for 20 years. Here's somebody that says, I'm here for you. We've talked about the number of women who have boyfriends in prison. Love will make you or want will make you will make you do some crazy things. All I know is, Max, I hope Josh picks up this Dateline story. (laughs) Yeah, she told Santa she wanted a boyfriend for Christmas. (laughs) But the gift that arrived was the kind that didn't keep giving. (laughs) I don't want any part of this insanity. Our salute to the worst. Hallmark Christmas Masterpieces continues with a boyfriend for Christmas. This is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at Bob and Sherry. 
Hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nick Saccone. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This message is for my lovely wife, Yunhee Park. I just want to wish her a happy holidays. I love you, babe. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. Advice for age gap relationships. That got my attention. There's an age gap between Mary and me. And I have to say that we've been together, what now, 12 years? And it's never been an issue. Uh, she's always liked guys that are older. And I've always liked women who are funny. And she's very pretty. And we don't fight at all. We have disagreements now and then. But we've had a very peaceful relationship. But I was stopped when I saw this article. And I'm going to read some of the things that uh, just quickly about age differences and what you have to uh, do. The first thing is admit your differences, which makes sense. Um, if you love, you know, you're, you're, let's say you're a, a woman and you love living with a bunch of roommates and bar hopping around until four o'clock in the morning. Whereas the person, say the guy that you're with is, I don't know, 12 years older and he's in a different place. You're going to have to deal with that. That makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, you should yeah, deal with that course. from the get go. Yeah. Because I, I don't know that anybody really wants to have you know, their husband or their wife out all night long with their friends like they're in college and they're in their 30s. Number two is accept that friends and family may not understand that you are dating someone that is significantly younger or older than you. I really relate to that because, you know, several of my very good friends, not silver friend Jeff, but several of my uh, pretty good friends were a little concerned. And I think they were talking behind my back. Can you believe that? I mean, she's a good deal younger than he is. I mean, he's been married before. He has children. She has children. I mean, what, what is he doing at this point? You know, I, I wish I could get them together and say, hey, guys, you know, like, you were wrong. I had one guy. I was out with Mary one night, mm -hmm. and it was an outdoor restaurant, and we're having a drink. And it was in the neighborhood that I lived in at that time. And all of a sudden, one of my friends, not a close friend, but a guy I played golf with now and then, came, stood up, saw us, came over with this Cheshire cat grin on his face and, and says, mm -hmm. without introducing himself to uh, who – uh, the woman who either I was engaged to, or we were already recently married. And he says, I got to know what this is all about. Now, I will say <laughs> that she was really dolled up to use an old expression. She she's Mary's got great hair, power hair, and she's got the blonde thing going and she's got a sexy dress on. She's she just looked she was killer looking. So I could see where, you know, he probably he probably saw her first and then noticed who she was with, his golfing buddy. Um, so, you know, you just have to realize that some people are going to say, I'm not so sure. And those some people may be your children. As a matter That's of why I'm so thankful that my husband's only four years older than me and that I'm kind of short and homely because I don't have these sort of difficult <laughs> sure, encounters in restaurants. Would you, would you stop? Let me just stop. Would you just always stop saying that? You know, no one, Here, here's the no thing. one comes First up to all, Kevin and goes, dude, what's this? <laughs> First of all, you were not homely. So let's not, you have to stop doing this because you know what you, you know, it puts me in a terrible place. Because I have to every no time, having to work with well, a you're not person, homely. It's just the worst. Oh, you don't. 
<laughs> I'm asking you to stop it, okay? <laughs> so how did you, you navigate short. that that social awkwardness of having a man? Um, conf- I mean, that is like rude and weird. What did you say? What did Mary say? I don't think she said anything. She just smiled at him. And I hadn't seen him in a while. I said uh, something along the lines of, um, I, when you're first married to somebody who's younger than you, you to your friends you haven't seen in a while, you say, um, like, like, let's say you've been married for two years. You say, yeah, this is my wife. Yeah, we've been together for four years. So the first time that you saw her breathing on a street, you count that as the beginning of the relationship. So you can add the number so they, that they feel that it's a, it's a stable sort of thing. The other things, very quickly, don't be afraid to address stereotypes with your partner. Focus on your self-worth. And uh, bottom line, do what's good for you. If it works for you, good. It's not going to work. Don't take them down that path that you know ain't going to go the length. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Hi, Anita. Um, I just want to wish you guys Merry Christmas. I listen to your show all the time. Oh, I love it. Aren't you nice? Thank you so much. So so this is about your brother and a boyfriend of yours. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I had um, actually met the guy through my brother, and so we'd been dating a few months. And so they both worked at the same place, so we go to the Christmas party. And um, my brother and him both, of course, got drunk. I don't drink. And... Um, so they had, not only did they have an open bar, but they had an open candy bar, I guess you'd call it, where you get your own candy, like jelly beans, that type of thing. Uh-huh. Well, their first little display of um, contest was who could shoot what from their belly button the furthest. <laughs> so I'm like, just mortified. Okay. So I think, okay, this can't get any worse. But I was wrong. Uh, my brother says, hey, I dare you to do something. He said, let's go outside. They go outside. And like I said, they're beyond drunk. And the guy I'm dating is stripped down to his underwear and his socks. And my brother's dousing his chest with a bottle of water. And he says, I bet you, he goes, now see if it'll stick. And he walks over to this um, light pole in the parking lot and puts his whole chest on this pole. And it stuck. Oh, no. We are talking Ralphie all over again, only with full chest hair. Oh, no. Um, now, did he have his uh, pants off, too, or just his... Uh, he was down to his underwear. His underwear and socks. Oh, my... And his underwear and socks. And he's full chest, and he goes, yeah, this don't hurt much well until he tried to pull apart. Well, my brother's laughing, okay? He goes, Randy, you got to get me unstuck. He walks over to him, and he's trying to blow on his chest <laughs> to melt the ice or whatever. Well, my brother's face gets stuck to the pole. So, <laughs> so now your boyfriend's chest and your brother's face are both stuck to the pole? <laughs> yes. It was just, oh. I'm standing here totally mortified. Did people come out and, and look at this? Oh, yeah. They've got drinks in their hand. They're taking pictures. They're doing everything. <laughs> we do have to call the squad so they could come and get them apart. And by this time, I told my one friend, she was there with her boyfriend. I said, can you take me home? (laughs) You left. You left. Well, my boyfriend showed up next day. He goes, hey, what happened to you? I said, I'm done. He takes off his shirt. I said, what happened to your chest? Well, apparently he had severe burns. I guess ice burns, cold burn, whatever you call it. Freezer burn, I would call it. 
for it. Well, it was like frostbite. Uh, d- did the skin? How do? How did they get him from the uh, pool? I guess what the um, they took and um, poured some warm water and pulled him a little bit by little by by little. A little. If you, yeah. Yeah, they could only do it little by little. But when he showed me his chest, uh-huh. he had gauze on some of it. He'd lost his chest hair. Oh. It was just. It, I'm. I'm not kidding. It was just. And I was just so mortified. I said, "I'm done." And how he about your brother's? On. How about your brother's face? That must have been a mess too. Oh, you know what? My brother goes, "Oh, it didn't hurt," and it did. Because his whole cheek, he had gauze on it and had it bandaged up. And I bet he had it that way, I bet, for a couple weeks. Wow, it was um, like an Alaskan uh, waxing. Good term for it. An Alaskan waxing is what they got. Good term. Now, uh, did you ever go out with that guy again? No. That was it. That was, you were done. That was it. Well, because, okay, he had never been that way before, but when he gets drunk, and yeah. I had talked to his sister, uh-huh. when he gets drunk, no matter where he's at, he's crazy. does that type of thing, yeah. and I'm not, you know. You don't drink. No, I'm, yeah. I don't, and I'm not in for being mortified every time I go out well, somewhere in public. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, yeah. Very often in life, you know, we come to a, a crossroads, you know, an intersection, and we have choices to make. And there is a certain lifestyle that's going to go along with a guy that freezes his own chest to a light pole. Yeah. And you have the right, Anita, to Mm -hmm. to say no thank you Mm -hmm. to that path. Does she really, Sherry? Does she really? Or does this show a shallowness on Anita's part to not start drinking heavily herself, to be a part of the party? Yeah. I can't deny that you have raised an alternative argument to this, Bob. Then she sees him stuck to a pole, and it's hysterical, and she's having her picture taken. But, you know, is it fair to judge Anita because she's judgmental and no fun? Huh? (laughs) Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say My Life is All About My Cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning Cooking with Cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen with shirts drinkware and a cookbook the bob and sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season even if it's you yeah they're crazy but they're a lot of fun just hit shop at bob and sherry.com prizes special guests the bob and sherry facebook live tree lighting extravaganza this thursday night at 7 p.m here's bob and sherry when i first came across what i'm about to tell you i thought it was interesting and, and i just kind of moved on and was doing other things and i kept thinking about it and thinking about it and then i went back looking for it it was in my tiktok i went looking for it couldn't find it and i've just it's stuck in my head so much that i'm going to share it now And I want your thoughts. This is a woman who said she has the perfect question for you to ask when you are being interviewed for a job. Like at the end of every job interview, most interviewers will say to you, "Um, Bob, did you have any any questions we could answer? And you're racking your brain to come up with a question. Yeah. Because you have to ask some sort of a question. Well, this woman said she has figured out the ultimate question to ask, and she believes it's the perfect question 
because she has gotten every, she's got an offer for every single job she's ever interviewed for. Wow. And it is, when, when she first said it, I was like, that's a bold <laughs> step. But yeah. Yeah. she says, you'll get the job. Here we go. You've gone through the job interview. Everything's right. done. And the interviewer, uh-huh. the HR person or whoever says to you, do you have any questions for me or any questions yeah. that we can answer? She right. says that you need to very pleasantly look this person in the eye and say, do you have any concerns about me as a candidate that I can answer? Let me think about that for a second. Wow, I didn't see that coming, first nope. of all. That's why and it I haunted me. I don't think an HR person would see it coming either or, or a, uh, a boss. It's a great question. And, it's and a she great said, question. It's a great question. And she said, here's why it works. Because they do have concerns. Maybe they're concerned that you just don't have enough experience. Or maybe they're concerned that um, the position won't be challenging enough for you. Or maybe they're concerned that you can't handle all the travel. There are a million things during a job interview that they're looking at you going, you know, this person is really terrific, but, but they don't know Microsoft Excel, right? Or they, they can't write in a certain kind of code or whatever, right? You look at them and you say, do you have any concerns about me as a candidate that I can address? That and is a minefield. Could, That's a minefield for the HR person. But I they mean, can they can then um, say to you, well, Bob, well, Bob, you know, um, you you check so many of the boxes, but we really need someone with a little more experience in this position. You at least have a chance then to to get in there and advocate for yourself. No, I agree. You know, she's and always if, done. I, I've only applied for in my entire life, I think three jobs, four jobs, maybe. Okay, okay, let me see. There was there was one, two, three. Four, five, now there were more, about six, about six jobs, and and then offshoots of a couple of them. I think it's a dangerous thing for HR people for this reason. If you're not on your toes, you could say something, all right, let's, let's say that I'm the HR person, and mm-hmm. you shoot me the question, and I'm looking at you, okay? Now, this, this does not, for people listening, this does not reflect what, Sherry looks like, appears to be, and so on and so forth. But go ahead. Um, thank you for the time today. I, I do have one question before we end. Are there uh-huh. any concerns that you have about me as a candidate for this position that I could address? Hmm. That is an interesting question. Um, well, I, I guess I, if I'm going to be honest, I would have to say your fingernails are extremely long. And, uh, <laughs> you can't say- do, do you see what I mean? But have you have you ever been like at a with a clerk and y'all do what you want to do? But I, I saw a clerk like a few weeks ago and her fingernails were like three inches long, three or four inches long, and they were bedazzled. And I I don't know. And she was checking me out at a restaurant, and I don't know. It made it made me as a customer a little uncomfortable. And if I'm the HR person and I ask that, I'm looking for a lawsuit. The thing is, because as this an person, HR person, this person yeah. you're not going to, you know better than to ask that. You're not going to say, well, actually, um, you're a newlywed and we're concerned you're going to get pregnant and go out on maternity leave and then, you know, we're paying you and you're not even here. That's illegal. They can't, there right. are certain things HR people know they can't ask you. 
but it's a way for you to address gaps in your resume. Like here's one. Well, you know, we did notice that for a two-year period, um, you know, your resume, um, and that's when you can say, I spent those two years caring for my elderly mother. Okay, and it that was makes just sense. Really, yeah. It was really important to me to be pr- fully present for that, and it was a sacrifice yeah. I was willing to make. And yeah. um, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, no, no, please. It was the two years were a gift, but I am definitely ready to get back in. And that's a great how- example. So yeah. you got the gap in the resume problem. You have the experience problem. Well, Sherry, um, we really need someone that can do Microsoft Excel, at which point I would have to say, I am not your girl. I think you're going to have to look elsewhere because Excel makes me crazy. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. question. Terrific. Yeah. I hope the audience who's applying for jobs, I hope remember, they remember that it. and try it. And I hope if you're in HR, just don't say anything about the fact that he came in in a tube top. Because who are you to judge? And you're looking at a lawsuit. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.